Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, 16 and 17. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading comes from the Hebrew Scriptures, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and 10 through 14. Listen for the word of God as it comes to you here, now, in this place. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to Moses from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And so now, Go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt... You will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. 
The word of the Lord. There's a scene in the film The Last Samurai when the captured American soldier in Japan, played by Tom Cruise, walks into his host family's traditional Japanese home, his dirty boots leaving muddy footprints in his wake. He only notices his mistake when he sees his hostess wordlessly mopping up the mud behind him. Later he learns that it was actually her husband that he had killed in battle before being captured. The next time he enters the home, he is sure to take off his boots. When was the last time you removed your shoes? Maybe you too took your shoes off when you go home. What about in the summertime? Did you take off your shoes to go to that sandy beach to feel the water lap at your ankles? Perhaps it was a grassy field to feel the blades of grass and dirt squish between your toes. I imagine yesterday you were not barefoot. (laughs) I remember the year that I went barefoot. Yes, the entirety of my sophomore year in college, I walked around barefoot. I was that guy. I went to school in the south, Davidson, with nice brick pathways and warm summer days, manicured lawns, yet still I needed to be careful of the occasional rock or broken glass. Why would I walk around barefoot, you might ask? I'm not sure. I don't quite remember. Perhaps it had something to do with my long hair that I was also growing out. Perhaps it was just a phase. But looking back on it, I wonder if subconsciously at least that I did not want to feel connected to the very ground I was standing on. Perhaps I did not want to forget a strange sight that I saw in Nicaragua my freshman year. Our mission team was in the capital of Nicaragua's city dump where all of Managua's trash had gathered. We were told to wear bandanas over our mouths The smell was so bad. And good walking shoes for the the ground we tread on was literally covered in trash and needles and other hazards. In this desolate wilderness, a garbage truck came up to dump the latest load. And that's when the children appeared. Covered in soot over what you might call clothes, these clothes that never looked like they had been washed. They rummaged through the trash in search of something to barter or sell for their families, desperate in poverty. It was a strange, awful sight. Is this a dream? Am I hallucinating? And that's when I noticed their bare feet exposed to the needles and other sharp objects. One person's trash had become another's treacherous treasure. That kind of call, that kind of poverty was a wake-up call to me. 
When I walked barefoot around my college campus, I would remind myself that here it is safe to walk, but there those children did not have a choice. We may be from different countries, but we walk and feel the same earth beneath our feet. Moses is also from a different country. His people are down in Egypt. When he sees a strange sight, flames and a fire from within a bush, a bush that would not burn up, what a strange sight in strange times. And he goes for a closer look. Moses, Moses, a voice cries out, here I am. Do not come any closer. Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy ground. And so Moses goes barefoot in the desert and places his feet on holy ground. Did Moses have a dream? Was he too hallucinating? Today on the eve of Martin Luther King Day, in these strange times when we elected in hope our first African-American president, only later to elect in fear a self-proclaimed nationalist president, we remember how far that we've come and how far we still have to go. We also might wonder, will King's dream ever become a reality? Or was he too merely hallucinating? God called Moses and King and others to be shepherds of people. Being, shepherd, being a shepherd is not a noble profession. Shepherding is not something you put on your resume or post to LinkedIn. Luke chooses shepherds in contrast to Matthew's wise men to show that God came not only to impress the upper class, but also to uplift the outcasts of society. Shepherds did the dirty work of finding lost sheep and being out in the elements, much like the children of the Managua dump or the sanitation workers that King marched with right before he was assassinated. The name pastor itself derives from the word shepherd, to be out in pasture, in the flock. Yet whether we have this title or not, we are called as God's people to lead those into the light the light of liberty from sin, and the full freedom of love. We are in this together. Professor Eddie Glau Jr. argues in his groundbreaking book, Democracy in Black, that we live in a country founded on a value gap, where certain lives are valued more than others. And it still distorts our society today. And if we do not recognize how we fall short of loving each other as equal, if we do not uphold the very constitution on which this nation was founded, if we do not see each other as fellow children of God, we risk falling into this value gap. When we do not fund our schools properly, we are saying that the children in L.A. public schools do not matter the same as those in the charter schools. When we do not stand up for children separated from the parents, we are saying the children at the border are different from the children down the street. When we do not work to end the war in Yemen, we are saying the children of families in Yemen 
do not matter as much as the pockets of war profiteers or others. How can we not join with Moses and cry out, who am I against all of these worldwide problems? Who am I to cross that border, to tear down that wall, to stand in solidarity with the poor and downtrodden? It is in this moment when God's response comes in, I will be with you. And Moses says, okay, great, but who are you? Who is this God that will be with me? I am who I am. I am the God of your ancestors. I am the God of your dreams. I am the God calling you out of Egypt and into the promised land. I am the God of holy hope and holy ground. I am the God of your deepest desires. I am the God you long for. I am the God you desperately need. I am the God who will be with you. And so Moses followed this I am God, crossing political borders, returning to his people, leading them to freedom. King crosses societal borders in order to set his people free. And let us not, let us not forget Jesus, the one whom we follow, who routinely challenges us to cross the borders between those who are separated in sin. What borders are we willing to cross? Whether your name is Moses or Martin or Mary, this isn't a rhetorical or metaphorical question. Where are we willing to journey and find and seek God's holy ground? When a sanitation worker faced with unfair pay for unsafe work holds up a sign saying, I am a man, he is proclaiming this land as holy ground. When a Native American surrounded by a group of teenagers steps on the Lincoln Memorial, lifts up his song to send his people's spirits home to the beat of a drum, he is proclaiming this land as holy ground. Whenever someone takes off a shoe or takes a knee, she is proclaiming this land as holy ground. As we read in 1 Corinthians, Paul reminds us that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Each person is capable of housing the very presence of God, the life force of the universe. When we step into someone's shoes, we enter the possibility that they too are a holy temple of God, that they too stand on holy ground. Who are you, God? I am who I am. And suddenly, the very ground beneath our feet trembles with the transforming power of love. The sanitation worker says, I am a man and I have the right to be respected and paid a d decent living wage. The Me Too movement says, I am a woman and I have the right to be respected and not harassed or assaulted at work or anywhere else. The Black Lives Matter says, I am a black person and I have the right to be respected and not arrested or mistreated without due process.
in the streets or in my home. The March for Our Lives movement says, I am a student, and I have the right to be respected and feel safe and secure, not only at home, but also at school. The Jesus movement says, I am human. I am a Christ follower, and I am called to treat my neighbor as a sister, the stranger as a brother. So when you see a strange sight, listen. Perhaps your name is being called. Don't forget to remove your shoes, lest you track mud into a holy place. Dare going barefoot. Risk that vulnerability. For when we keep the earth beneath our feet, we know that we are not hallucinating. No, we are daring to dream. Daring to wake those dreams into reality. And that dream is that wherever we stand for love and justice and equality, that where we stand is holy ground. This holy ground is the very inbreaking of the kingdom of heaven, here, now, and in our midst. That the transforming power of love is in God's promise I will be with you. The Spirit of Christ pervades us today in the love, peace, and hope found in Jesus. We, as bodies of love, as temples of the Holy Spirit, what borders will we cross? On what holy ground will we stand? Amen. And will you tell them the stories and will you stand and say what we believe as the people of the church repeating the words of the Apostles' Creed saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As the people of God, let us join together in a community of prayer. Let us pray. God of fire, you are a force that's beyond our understanding. You have the power to sear through the very veins of creation with passion and with vigor. You have the power to also extinguish life in a consuming flame. We forget, we tame you, but your very presence is dangerous. There is no predicting where you might turn, yet you are comforting, for there is light and warmth and an invitation to draw closer. So redeeming God out of the flames of creation, your voice calls, and you mark us as your own, sometimes with your spirit and sometimes you douse us with water to seal us in your love. We pray for the world around us, we pray for the children that we just baptized. We pray for the many 
who live and work and move around us, who suffer, who call out for help. Those who don't have enough to eat in Sudan and Yemen and Venezuela and in our American urban cities, in our small towns and in the townships next to where we live. We pray for those caught up in violence and uprising, those picking up the pieces after a natural disaster, those desperate to find work to support their families. We pray for the women and men of our U.S. government, civil servants caught in a stalemate. We pray that it might find a way to conclude and that fairness and equity might return. Hear our prayers, O God, and in your love give us answers. We pray for our family, our friends, those struggling emotionally or physically, those overcoming illness, facing challenges, those grieving the death of a loved one. Almighty God, there are times when we choose to ignore your holy presence, but look instead to be independent, cut off from the very sources that give us life. So in this time in our church's life, let us turn to your holy ground. Let us take off our shoes and be humbled in your presence. Let us seek the leading and guiding of your spirit. Mark us just as you have marked Bodie and Collins with your deep love, that we might be your witnesses to our community and world of the hope that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.